0: It's episode 42 of the Improv London Podcast. I'm your host, Stuart Moses, and this week's guest is Zara Swanton. Zara Swanton, welcome to the Improv London Podcast.
1: Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited.
0: <laughs> I have to say that your notes, uh, your notes are the best looking. I mean, we've had some good notes um, on this podcast so far, but yours are definitely the most colourful. And uh...
1: <laughs> well, as I say, like the consummate professional I am, I have written them in crayon because so, I don't have a pen. You know, grown-ups have pens. I have crayons.
0: <laughs> many,
1: many boxes of crayons, actually. <laughs> And, and why
0: do you have so many crayons?
1: Because I I think it's the same thing as the reason I like improv. I can't write. I cannot write. I am very visual and spontaneous. Therefore, if I'm trying to write something down, I'll do it visually in crayon form, and do little, little pictures everywhere.
0: <laughs> it's nice. It's nice how you brought the crayon back to improv straight away. That was really good. That I mean... that, The way we kept us on topic when I was just going... I don't know, good, aren't they?
1: You've got to justify it all, you see. It's yeah. what you learn when you're doing improv. You must justify your choices.
0: So I'm going to just chuck things in and then I'm going to rely on you to justify them and bring them back to improv. Is that all I can rely on you to do?
1: Do it. Try it. Once, <laughs> once someone gave me the stimulus of Elton John, I should justify it with Fallout Boy. I'm not quite sure how I got there, but I did.
0: <laughs> right, I'm going to ponder that one in my own time.
1: Uh... Oh, I can tell you, on the, um, uh, on the album... Uh, American Beauty, American Psycho. No, it's not. It's safe, rock and roll. There's a duet between Elton John and Fallout Boy.
0: Ah, right, okay. Something you
1: remember in the middle of a scene for an absolutely no reason.
0: <laughs> but it's, it's really good in a scene when you can be, bring that sort of specificity. <laughs> and even if people in the audience don't know Elton John or Fallout Boy, although I presume all my listeners know both those artists, <laughs> um, you know, just... The way in which a character can say that and just, you know that. I don't know, it's, it's enjoyable even if people don't know the specifics.
1: I think it's even more funny because the character was a six-year-old woman from Pontypridd, so... Uh,
0: <laughs>
1: you know, it's only fun when you're saying fallout boy in a Welsh accent.
0: <laughs> cool, cool. Right, so, where should we start?
1: Ooh, um, the beginning.
0: Let's start at the beginning. Let's, okay. In chronological order, <laughs> where does the Zara Swanton story begin?
1: Well, <laughs> I think my, my particular journey began only really about a year ago. It's not been that long at all. I went to, um, uh, so I'm an actor and I went to a casting workshop about 18 months ago and I was doing a comedy scene um, and I was told uh, to go and do some improv because um, the lady's favourite actor was Carrie Lloyd, and therefore I should go and be Carrie Lloyd. and I was like, I love Carrie Lloyd. Yes,
0: let's all be Carrie Lloyd. Oh,
1: couldn't we just? Yes. So I uh, signed up to Hoopla's um, basic class with um, Heather Urquhart and I just had the best time. It was a group of adults from all walks of life just playing in a room and I was like I want to do this for the rest of my life, I just want (laughs) to play, this is fun. Uh, So I kept going, I did uh, improv performance with Ginny Lyons which is really exciting and then i oh, know that's not chronological at all between those between those was the really big turning point in my life i met annie sirtish from groundlings
0: uh-huh. she
1: came over to london and did a course and it was all um character based and based on the groundlings principles and between the adults playing around in a room and me being an actor and bringing characters and then still playing around in the room i was like this is fantastic <laughs> so i kept going um then i did uh, I did long form with Chris Mead.
0: Oh right, how was that?
1: Clicked. Everything just fell into place. I was like, "This is it. This is my. This is my style. This is what I want to do." It's, it's long form. There are other types of long form you can get, sort of narrative and the non-narrative and all, all the different formats. And it's just the best thing in the world. You can be an actor without any sort of script, right? Which is great. There's no lines to learn. You just make it up as you go along, and it's fantastic. <laughs>
0: cool. So. Tell me about the group that you're a member of at the moment, starting by telling me what their name is.
1: We have decided. We have decided.
0: <laughs> well done. You should tell the story.
1: Okay. So we, um, we're we a very new group made out of actually the uh, members of the class I was in with Chris Mead. Uh, we loved each other so much that we wanted to stay together forever. And uh, it was noted during our classes that we really favour a swarm edit. We do like to swarm. And we thought, do you know what? That would be a great name for a group. Let's be The Swarm. Well, it is a very good name for a group. That's why there is a group called The Swarm, who are far more famous than we are. So we, in thinking of like an end of term present for Chris, we were trying to sort of uh, come up with ideas for what, what we could give him as a present. At which point, one member of our group, uh, I believe it was Emma Tribe, said, let's give him a bag of bees, because that's like a swarm. We're like, yeah, okay, let's do that. Um, Actually, we didn't at all. We said, yes, and, because we're improvisers, and it all got very strange, that conversation. Um, Hey, guess what? A bag of bees is a great name for an improv group. (laughs) That's why there are already bee-related group names out there who are far more famous and accomplished and established than we are. (laughs) After all of this, we've been through many, many decisions on names. We're a very democratic group. There have been various polls. Um, <laughs> Tell
0: me some of the names you rejected. Oh, goodness.
1: Hypothetically delicious, uh, lost out only this morning. Um, what else have we had? Um, a Bob's conjecture came up at one point.
0: Um,
1: not really sure how that came up. Theremin, I believe, was the uh, suggestion for the. Uh, the end of sort of the end of term showcase i wasn't there sadly um and so they what they wanted to bring that back as a sort of nod to the class that lost out too we remain a Bob. We've been a Bob for many weeks, and, but it just—it seemed because we've been playing as a Bob for so many weeks, it just <laughs> seems so tied to our identity that every other name we tried to wear didn't fit. It, it didn't fit. We've, we've outgrown all the names. We're a Bob, and we're a Bob to stay until someone else is called a Bob, and then we have to change.
0: <laughs> <again>. <laughs> well, no. If anyone comes along now, you've got that name, and that's how I've always thought of your group as being yeah, called.
1: Yeah, I, it works for us. It makes. Absolutely no sense, and I think that w- that suits us very well. That's
0: fine. That's fine, um, and it's relatively easy to spell, and uh, you know, it's good. It's
1: good.
0: So, uh, what's our, what sort of things do a Bob do?
1: We are so very new and so very fledgling that we are just playing with every idea that you throw at us. We're all still in training. So every new idea that we find, we're like, oh, that's new and shiny. Let's go and put that on stage. And either <laughs> it works or it doesn't. And we play it again or we don't. And so we're still trying to find our, our style, but we've got an amazing coach at the moment. Uh, we're training with uh, Keith Mulder from Jean Van Damme. <laughs> and so he's bringing in loads of new and shiny stuff for us to play with, um, lots of sort of UCB-influenced stuff. Um, which is so different from what I've been training with, with the character-based things. And yeah, it's just, we get so very excited. I mean, we were playing with uh, scene painting the other day and we just ran with that. We've got some brilliant locations that we would like to bring into uh, written literature in the future. Goodness, (laughs) we've got some imaginations on us, we do.
0: (laughs) Are you going to take the things you've created and turn them into written things? Because that's a, you know, using improv as a devising tool.
1: I might actually. Um, I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm a terrible writer. I really like drawing with crayons, but um, yeah, there were there were so many interesting things painted that I could see them so very vividly that I might have to like sketch them out and see what words I can attach to them. One day, I mean, it, it's quite a fun thing that we learn uh, with Annie Certish actually in the groundings that you you improvise your characters and you find bases for characters and then you're like okay so what words are these characters saying you come up with monologues once you've got such a very strong foundation you can bring those characters anywhere and make them do anything and I actually think that this might be how I become an author as well as everything else because I can't <laughs> I can't just do one thing no no
0: no 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 why limit you? why limits the gifts you give to the world <laughs> just one yes, area
1: here is my crayon your own gift enjoy please put it on your fridge zara age 27
0: <laughs> so you're experimenting with lots of different forms at the moment whatever yes. whatever you discover it's all going into the mix yes is there, a, is there a particular form that you've been doing the most or
1: um so recently we've been playing with um, ass cats and sort of very fudged Laurons. like it'll start as a lorand and then we have too much fun and we get Carried away with ourselves.
0: Right. Can you explain what both those things are?
1: Well, I can try.
0: Give us your take on those things.
1: And as Kat, uh, the way we've been doing it is uh, we'll get a suggestion from the audience. One person. This is a
0: one-word suggestion. This is a
1: one-word suggestion. Um, Although we even adapted that the other day. (laughs)
0: Excuse
1: me. Um, So one-word suggestion and someone goes along, they take inspiration from this word they come up with a monologue and they put so much beautiful information into that monologue that we think of all the amazing scenes we can create from that and then we do we create loads of amazing scenes from that
0: Brilliant (laughs) That sounds great
1: (laughs) I mean we're brilliant at it what can I say? Of course Of
0: course (laughs) Of course
1: (laughs) Then um, a in theory is um, (laughs) is where you have I mean again where we've been doing it you've got uh, you start with a two person scene one person comes off, the next person comes on. You go around in a sort of sequence. You carry the scenes along. We'll probably get through everyone being on a stage once, and then we're like, then we'll just tagger on the entire show because we just have too many things going on and we, <laughs> absolutely no discipline. We're like puppies. Maybe we should have been a bag of puppies. I don't know. That
0: has a negative connotation. A bag of bees doesn't really. A bag of puppies.
1: I mean, what bad things are we going to do to the bag of puppies? That's my question.
0: Well, I, I mean, I'm not going to do anything. To
1: don't do anything bad to a bag of puppies. No, I, mean, I
0: wouldn't do anything bad to puppies in any kind of container. I
1: mean, <laughs> what in, a, in, a,
0: in a box in you know Tupperware. I, no, I'm doing, I wouldn't put a puppy in the Tupperware to start with. I don't know why. You're a very th- tiny puppy. Don't know why those rumours got started. I wish people would stop. <laughs> Um, and uh, anyway, uh, so yeah, so um, you—it <laughs> oh um, uh, so yes, yeah, so you've got you've got the ascat uh, and you've got Ber- the the rond, yes. and you're basically yes. Yeah, so you, you're using those structures as a jumping off point, and then you're just having so much fun. I don't think it matters, you know. I don't think anyone's going well. The audience had a good time, and uh, A Bob had a good time, but I don't think they quite struck to the form, and <laughs> so I uh, yeah.
1: well. No, perhaps they aren't, but I'm I'm so excited when we are learning with new people and we're learning the new forms, as I say, we get so excited to try out every new thing. And I think once we've been doing this for a while, we'll we'll sort of get into our group yeah. and we'll know exactly get how it. everyone works um, and just how, how dark we can get as a group. <laughs>
0: right. Yeah, that darkness, that, that call to darkness, that seems to be a thing. Mm. Is for... that a
1: phase or is that... I don't know. I don't know. I think that's probably just us. I think that that might stay quite dark. I want to say that I'm going to be the least dark of everyone, but I just don't think that's going to be true at all. Yeah. every single one of us has has a bit of a dark moment and you can bring on the sweetest, most innocent character, but sometimes that's where it gets really dark. It's great. It's so much fun to play with. (laughs) Sorry. Flashback. Weird flashback moment um we were uh we were doing a rehearsal the other day actually and we were scene painting a classroom well then suddenly there was blood dripping off the blackboard and um i i, I ended up playing a sort of dolores umbridge type character
0: <laughs>
1: but i was deb- uh, stabbing um meredith meredith annex's hands with a biro <laughs> no it was an hb pencil Do excuse me specificity at all times
0: exactly yes <laughs> now we know exactly what it was it makes it all the more
1: well, you can picture it now, Chilling. you see. You can draw it with your crayons.
0: Why, why were you stabbing her hand with the HB pencil?
1: Oh, she was telling lies. You must not tell lies.
0: Well, that's. You know, I'm interested in the idea of moral absolutes, but ultimately, you can't go around stabbing people with pencils.
1: See, at school that's... I always favoured moral relativism, but there we
0: are. <laughs> cool. So, you talked about finding uh, sort of, you know,. Uh, how everyone works and their their Mm. sort of groove and stuff what do you bring to the group what's your raison d'etre
1: mine would probably be characters i've been an actor for five years it's sort of it's what i've always done i've always i was always going to be an actor um i've always played around with accents and faces and various bits of character and and it's the justification thing again it's trying to figure out when you're looking at people why they do the things they do and it fascinates me Ah. so that's probably what I bring to the table
0: so you're taking something you're taking your interest in the psychology of people Mm. and observing them and then using that as fuel for your imaginative games
1: it's rather than it just being imagination there's a great thing that once once you're wearing sort of the coat of character as I've now decided it is the coat of character the coat of character it's a Technicolor dream coat of character Mm. Um, you don't have to invent anything anymore you don't have to imagine it and decide on what's going to happen the character does it for you it's nice and easy you can sort of switch your brain off a little bit and just let it all come out so long as you're keeping an eye on what's happening in the scene and where everyone else is on the stage and making sure you know when to edit and things like that the character will do everything else for you and That's a rather glorious, wonderful thing.
0: Yeah, so it's, it's interesting the way in which playing characters on stage encourages you to observe characters yeah, in real so life.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Now, I don't know sort of what came first, the chicken and the egg. I don't know whether me being an actor makes me watch people or the fact that I watch people makes me an actor, but I do find humans fascinating. Even talking to you now, um, like we're uh, currently sat at the National Theatre. Mm. We're on... Um, on the patio I'm looking at there's a gentleman over there playing with his phone we've got a couple of people under the bridge here there's a couple inside who I think might be having a divorce and it's just fascinating to me.
0: Stuart's yes, well, so uh, looking
1: around he's absolutely yeah. determined to see where these couple are yes. I'm going to point them out in a minute and okay. they are yeah they're dividing the assets uh, she's going to keep the sofa.
0: Really? Yeah. Oh that's, that's cold.
1: But he gets the car you see.
0: Yeah I don't know I mean.
1: They're going to split the dog down the middle. <laughs>
0: Once again with the darkness. Sorry, no, sorry. No, no, it's fine, it's fine.
1: I'm nice, honest. I, <laughs>
0: I feel that this might be the the uh, the catchphrase of uh, hey Bob, a bobber. are nice, but really <laughs> also very dark. Uh,
1: <laughs> it's like um, darkness in sort of gingham petticoats. Yeah,
0: the, the most terrifying type of darkness. No, of it's true. <laughs> the heart of
1: darkness has pigtails. <laughs>
0: If you're observing people closely outside of improv yes. and you're interested in how they work, hmm. I mean how do you extrapolate from your observation?
1: I mean a lot that you make up okay.
0: because it's fun <laughs> because
1: we're improvisers. <laughs> um, but you can, you can tell a lot from someone's body language, you can see what's going through their head and it's the same when you're building character. You character. When you've adopted a, a body language you can tell what the character is thinking from that so for instance she was really enjoying crossing his arms I'll just
0: tried out a few different things you know? very
1: very very defensive I'm finding it difficult to talk to you now I don't know what to do I'm, I'm uncomfortable and intimidated and,
0: oh don't wish to make you feel uncomfortable <laughs> and
1: intimidated none of those things are true uh. um, I remember once I was sat on a tube and I was I was observing someone because they were observing someone who was sat three s- seats away from me so I looked at them and they were observing someone who was three seats away from the person that I'd been observing originally that's all the way down well we all got off the tube at the same stop we're all walking down and it turns out we were every single one of us turning up to the same audition
0: really it's, wow. it's just
1: an actor thing clearly but everyone is st- yeah. staring watching everyone else because humans are just endlessly endlessly fascinating <laughs> and that's why i want to be as many of them as possible <laughs> at once probably
0: <laughs> so you mentioned um couple of ways into character one mm. uh, was accents. yes how do you how does one get good at accents
1: uh by doing them
0: okay so
1: when I was, I was
0: hoping it was going to be something a bit easier than that no <laughs> no
1: I mean there probably is there are some fantastic books out there um, if you ever bother to read them but generally what I do is I buy them and I put them on the shelf and
0: um <laughs> just uh yeah <laughs> gain the uh knowledge by osmosis as you walk past yes bit, absolutely
1: yeah. um so when I was uh, I was studying in America quite recently, I was uh, doing the basic course at the Groundlings over in LA with Sean Hogan for five weeks, and I found that every well maybe only three out of however many characters I did over those five weeks were British. None uh, of them from the same region, and every single other one was American. Because yeah. when you're around the accents so much, you just click in. And the other thing is when you're when you're improvising, what you want to do is try and give as many gifts as possible, but not put any stumbling blocks in the way and I was so terrified that was gonna go on be English and they were gonna immediately try and be British and that would be it right yes but the other thing I said to them because no one seemed to mind that I had some I mean I had some accents that were really great I'm not wholly terrible but there were some that did not hit any (laughs) mark whatsoever (laughs) and no one minded they all laughed it was great and people were saying to me that I don't want to do British you'll hate me I don't want to do English you'll hate me and I'm like no Do it. Fail. This is the safe space. Yes,
0: yes. Even if
1: you're not in a safe space, do it. Fail. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And if it does, then you've had a really good time. (laughs) And maybe the accent doesn't work. Maybe that's just the way the character speaks. Yes, yes. Maybe they're a Martian. You just don't know. Do
0: you know what I
1: mean? Oh, who knows how Martians speak? So, just do them. Just play. Yeah? Yeah. But I, I do that at home anyway. I, I, I'll speak in maybe four or five accents per conversation because it's fun.
0: <laughs> it's just a
1: fun thing to do.
0: And I suppose, yes, as long as you're having fun, that's the uh, that's the main thing.
1: If you're having fun, you believe in everything that you're doing, you will take the audience along with you. The second you start doubting yourself, yeah. they're not going to feel safe. So do it, embrace it. Be yes. terrible.
0: Yeah, and it is, it is the, it's the committing to an accent I remember once. Yeah, I was going for American, but it just, it really, it just wasn't American. Yeah. But that was just the way that this character spoke. And it was just, you know, there was, there was amusement to be had from the fact that everyone knew I was aiming for American and it just gone wide. <laughs> and America's a big place. There's plenty of variety. You'd have thought I could have hit a target that large. But not a chance.
1: No, but you know what? If you hear um, Americans try and do other American accents... They hit it maybe as often as we do. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: yeah. It's, it's a very specific thing. You do have to be surrounded by it to sort of... It's like learning a language. Yes. You're making your mouth move in a completely different way. Um, I don't think I could hit the American accent nearly as many times as I did over there here.
0: Right, yes, because you're surrounded by it all the time. Absolutely.
1: Head, yeah. I mean, so the other day um, I was doing a jam at the Jean-Claude Van Damme dinner in a movie. I went on decided to be Russian.
0: <laughs>
1: Sounded like uh, the meerkat adverts.
0: <laughs> they are, Aren't they supposed to be Russian I meerkats?
1: I imagine so, but I don't think either of the actors are Russian. <laughs> no,
0: no, 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 that is, that is true. <laughs> I, I
1: did not get any sort of um, genuine, uh, authentic Russian accent in there, darling. And uh, for that, I must be flogged by Sir Laurence Olivier himself.
0: <laughs> but, you know, I don't, think, I don't think people go along to genre called Van Damme, Jam, Night... Uh, or indeed any jam going. Well, I really love improv, but I, what I'm really got into it for was authentic Russian accents. And if someone does an inauthentic Russian accent, then I'm just throwing my chair over and leaving. <laughs> I mean uh,
1: you know. Oh, but what a good, what a great gift that would be! If you were doing something, and you... someone actually got up, threw a chair, and left, can you imagine just the justifications you could come up with on the spot for that? That would be a beautiful thing, so long as no one got hurt.
0: Yes, yes.
1: Actually, when I was at the um, when I was at the groundlings, there was um, one of my classmates got very exuberant in a scene and did chuck a chair. Towards me, I was really terrified. I was in the front row of the... Because yeah. uh, you, you sit in a sort of audience when you're doing those classes. Yeah. I was like shrunk back because I was so scared this chair was going to hit me.
0: God, yes, that's... It's commitment. Yes, it is commitment. Don't don't throw chairs, everyone.
1: I sort of think that you should have at least your 10% improviser brain going, don't do things that might hurt people. Yes. Health and safety. Yes.
0: Uh, the uh, Improv London podcast is very much against the throwing of real chairs. And puppies. Uh, and
1: puppies. And puppies
0: don't yeah, Don't throw puppies. Yes, no, definitely don't throw puppies. Uh, I mean, throwing imaginary chairs is all right. Throwing imaginary puppies is. Uh, I'm also against that. Just want to get that clear.
1: So I'm just imagining space work chairs being thrown now. And if an audience member threw a space work chair, would we be able to know what it was? Oh, I suppose we just justify whatever the space work was.
0: That's certainly dark. Um, <laughs> so, uh, and you mentioned uh, the other way of getting into character was face work.
1: Oh, it's, it's a way I. Yeah, what were you doing? <laughs> there are so many ways you can get into character. I really like moving my face around. I think as a child, I imagined myself a sort of young female Jim Carrey, so I wanted to see how malleable my face was. I'm as as a child, and definitely not now. I'm a grown-up. Endlessly fascinated by gurning, it's amazing just how they can make their faces move in those ways. So I do sit in front of the mirror and pull my face in directions, <laughs> just to see what it will do and what that inspires wow <laughs> so yeah
0: we should perhaps explain what gurning is for people that don't know how does one explain what you're uh, demonstrating it i'm really trying there. um it's sort of pulling her face and sticking your lips out and
1: it's kind of trying to insert
0: <laughs>
1: i'm trying to even figure out which lip it is i as far as i can remember it's like the the bottom lip into the top lip i don't know Please Google Gurning yeah, Google right Gurning. now. It's just a treat. It will can, make your night great.
0: You can probably even do that if you're at work. I think that is. I think that's safe for work.
1: It's a legitimate use of company time. <laughs> well, I didn't I say think...
0: that, but you're not going to get in trouble for. <laughs> so you sit, you sit in front of the mirror and then move your face around.
1: I do do that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I want to want to try and expand on that in some way. There's yeah. there's no explanation for that. I stand in front of the mirror and I pull faces at myself it because.
0: Brings you pleasure
1: grown-up
0: <laughs> 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 but being an actor and improviser that's the perfect oh, I'm just preparing I mean I'm pretty sure Stanislavski <laughs> had a chapter about gurning in one of his books I'm pretty sure that's there do
1: you know I believe in an actor prepares there is um, next to the cat exercise a great description <laughs> on why uh, the gurners are <laughs> the ultimate in <laughs> acting technique and why you should learn from, from gurning and from Jim Perry. yes <laughs> Stan was, he was a great fan of Jim Perry's.
0: Well, you know, I mean, in his early movies, certainly.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: I think we all lost patience a little bit. Um, <laughs> sorry, Jim, if you're listening. Uh, um, so, yes. Uh,
1: <laughs> He's going to write his angry letters.
0: Well, I mean, you know, even... No, I'm,
1: <laughs> How's he going to be my best friend now? Look what you've done. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I just thought that it was me that was disparaging get about your later films. What's he been... No, I'm not going <laughs> to. I feel <a> like... <laughs> yeah, what's he been in that's been good recently?
1: Because
0: um. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. Um...
1: <laughs> I can't answer that question, I'm afraid. <laughs> we're drawing on a knowledge I just don't have. I... <laughs> um,
0: so, you mentioned um, <laughs> that you spent five weeks in Los Angeles. I
1: did. I did. I only got back a couple of weeks ago.
0: Right. And you were studying with...
1: With Sean Hogan, who is a former Groundlings member, right, um, and he teaches for the Groundlings. I did the basic course there. What um, was it
0: about LA that made you think, "Hey, I want to go there"? Apart from being an actor, <laughs> I'm thinking this is probably. Do
1: you know what? Hadn't really given it a second thought until Annie came over. So Annie Serta, she who is a current uh, Groundlings main company member, came over and she taught a sort of improv performance um, last uh, September. I think it was. She came over again in April. I just had the most wonderful time. But at the end of the very first course, she um, sort of said, by the way, guys, I've basically been auditioning you this entire time. And we're like, what?
0: <laughs> so
1: she, said she invited some of us to go over and take the basic course. Oh, cool. and, um, it took me a long time of saving to get over there. I ended up having to move house in february to like half my rent i'm not in london anymore i live in like a little village somewhere in bedfordshire (laughs) uh, where my rent is much much cheaper um and everything i used to spend on rent in london was my la fund so i managed to get myself over there for five weeks that's dedication now i've got to do it all again because i passed the basic course and i've been invited to do intermediate which is amazing i'm so excited um but you know broke so (laughs) i just start all over again yes yes while also uh figuring out how to buy a car because I live in Bedfordshire and there is no transport
0: <laughs> there's a train well that's that's, <laughs> Sometimes. that's that's the start so um what's the what was the kind of the approach that Sean or the groundings what's their kind of how do they fit into the improv world
1: very very character based um, you're already good at that you
0: don't need to go to LA to study
1: that oh I absolutely do this is a, this is a whole different ballgame from what I've studied um, <laughs> It, and it is, it's, it's completely new and it's wonderful um, and thrilling. You get a sort of a list of all the, the high percentage and low percentage choices. Do's or don'ts, if you will, but not that extreme. And with this framework in place, you go and you just you are character. The first thing you go on with is character. You do space work that will inform your scene and you have an emotional choice. And from there you play. It's very, very grounded grounded it's very organic you just yes and the choices after that and if this is true what else is true and you build it from there so that's where I've got to with my learning of it they've got amazing shows over there like um the crazy uncle joe show which is their long form show and it's super 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 quick it's maybe they'll, they'll start with three scenes and then um then they all just go in, you maybe get a line or two out, then they'll clap, they'll come in and justify that with a new scene, a new scene, a new scene, and it's it's so fast, and I really would like to learn how to do that. I want yeah. my brain to work that quickly. <laughs> it's just phenomenal, some of yes. the things that they come up with. It's incredible. Um, there's another show called The Cooking with Gus Show, which is um, a short-form show, and they've got more time to sit into it and play with it, and you get more out of the scenes as in, audience member but it's their brains are working just as quickly they've just got more time to explore each and every facet of it but for me I was so engaged with um, uh, with Crazy Uncle Joe that I saw it every week I was there I was just fascinated with it I thought it was it's so quick and it's amazing to get a guest in who's not necessarily an improviser even and they look after them when they get them involved and you can see throughout the show usually by the third or fourth scene that they're in they're like oh I get this I know how to do this and then they just want to play it's this big playground on stage that everyone wants to be a part of and yeah. it's, it's fantastic so that's that's what I get from them is I learn, I learn character and I have a really good sort of standard that I want to hit and I want to bring back here I want to see more of that here
0: yes yeah yes um, it, I suppose the way you get better at doing that fast you know thinking that fast is probably by doing it isn't it?
1: Absolutely Down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was hoping Absolutely. it was a
0: shortcut um, <laughs> I was hoping you could tell me the secret and I could just do it
1: It's the 10,000 hours baby Yeah You gotta do it Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Uh, So but also you've got to have a group of like-minded people who like yes we also want to go that fast but honestly I'm I'm really at the beginning of my training. I am not there yet. This is, this is not time to take the training wheels off. This is, um, I, am basically Bambi before walking. I should just be bum shuffling along. and don't even try and stand yet. Um, I'm loving playing with, with my group and taking the time and coming up with organic things and sometimes just running on stage and with nothing, just seeing what happens. That's incredible too. That is a different type of beauty.
0: Yes.
1: And it's a different type of excitement. Yes. It's You can get a lot more truth out of it that way, actually. And I don't know. Maybe as an actor, I'm, I'm drawn to the emotional connection between characters. I don't know. <laughs> 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 but yeah, that's. I find excitement in all of it. I just want to learn everything and see what sticks. Throw pasta at the wall. Improv pasta.
0: Brilliant. Yes, what's saying is improv pasta?
1: It is a starship. Oh,
0: of course. <laughs> Multicoloured stars. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs>
1: Improv is one of those things I've always loved watching and never thought would be for me. Hmm. And I remember sort of when I was uh, going to Edinburgh Festival, Edinburgh Fringe Festival years and years ago when I was a teenager, uh, the shows that I would invariably find myself in were improv shows. I used to like watching the Oxford Imps and various other teams and university teams mostly. But then I discovered... Showstoppers. (laughs) Showstoppers. <laughs> right,
0: excellent. So
1: Showstoppers was probably the real, real beginning for me and I've seen that show so many times. I think my, the most memorable one for me was they had a guest slot with uh, Hardeep and Coley, and they did a brilliant sort of Bollywood theme. Wow. It was just incredible and they created that all on the spot and it was glorious.
0: Have you done any of the workshops that they do?
1: not yet not yet well i looked at them for um the ones that are coming up in i believe they're october (laughs) the world is on fire everyone don't it's,
0: panic. It's not like we've even dropped any names and it's like a name-dropping alarm. Although I will say that... Uh,
1: it's a something alarm. <laughs> <laughs> well, it can't, was talking rubbish alarm. Well, it
0: can't be that we've been too pretentious. We're on the balcony at the National <laughs> Theatre. If, th- if this need... is permitted anywhere, <laughs> then it's permitted here, surely.
1: I need an appropriate setting, darling.
0: <laughs>
1: um, yeah.
0: Their workshops are amazing.
1: Yes. Um, so... Um, do you sing? I I would have said no, but for the fact that I managed to end up in um, an Italian pop group not long ago... (laughs) not even sure how it happened. I was backing singing for them. At...
0: You were in an Italian pop group? I was. How did this happen? Not
1: even sure. Um I was <laughs> a, part sure. of a community choir and they, they were looking for backing singers. I was like, eh, sounds like fun. <laughs> were and... you in
0: Italy at the time?
1: I No, no, no. I was in Woolwich. <laughs> oh,
0: right. See, fair enough.
1: <laughs> and, um... that, that
0: well-known place that Italian pop stars come from.
1: I'm trying to remember the... Name of the venue. It's huge and it's beautiful. I will remember it. It's It's in North London somewhere. That's helpful, isn't
0: it? Yeah, I need a bit more.
1: I'm going to use my psychic
0: power. Psychic power. It's a beautiful building in North London.
1: Oh, don't. I'll feel like a mop it now. Um, (laughs) Some sort of cathedral.
0: Uh, Oh, oh, not the Union Chapel. That's the one. Am I good good or what? That was fun. Am I good or what? Union
1: Chapel's amazing. The (laughs) lighting guys and the sound guys are incredible there. Can't even tell you how brilliant (laughs) because they managed. To uh, make me not sound like a frog,
0: so.
1: <laughs> <clears throat> so yeah, I would say no, but I really love doing it, except for the fact that I did that. <laughs> um,
0: so, so uh, you were, you were. So, what was the name of the Italian pop group? Uh, so, uh,
1: it's an Italian singer called uh, Joelle. Right. Uh, she is phenomenal. She is phenomenal. The woman is a powerhouse. She's got the most amazing, amazing voice, and she did this gig while eight months pregnant. Wow. So there was simultaneous amounts of singing and then, like, making sure she was all right.
0: <laughs> she, like,
1: she wasn't about to give birth or anything.
0: Golly, that's um, the one way to end the show.
1: And the band were incredible, just the most amazing group of musicians I've ever met, and me and my sister. My sister is a professional singer, by the way. Right, okay, great. Um, and thank goodness we, I got her involved because she was teaching me all the harmonies basically up until the night.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, she kept changing them, but... She was teaching me them, so <laughs> that was a helpful bit. Um,
0: so you're going to do this through the community choir, which you remember? Yes, uh,
1: yes. Oh, we did fabulous stuff with that community choir. We sang on the pitch at the England-New Zealand rugby league game last year. <laughs> wow. Like, at uh, um, Queen Elizabeth Stadium. I was like, this is amazing.
0: <laughs> you have quite a lot of singing uh, and performing singing experience for someone who... Doesn't sing. Doesn't sing. I
1: know. I don't know how it happens. You know, I just... I, I can't stop. I have to do everything. <laughs> it's... It's the improviser's thing. Yes. And yes. can you do this? Yes, absolutely. Exactly. Have you got 15 hours in a day? Yes, absolutely. <laughs>
0: I have found myself slightly at work. When people say, have you done this? I go,
1: yes. <laughs> Is it true?
0: No. Yes. <laughs> I really haven't done it. But then I'll, generally, <laughs> then I'll generally go and do it. And it's worked out fine so far. If I'm not sure whether I've done it, I'll just go, yes. Yes. <laughs> And then, I probably have, I don't know, but if I say no, and I have done it, I don't get any credit. So That's
1: true. That is a very, very, very good point.
0: <laughs> don't take career point. advice from me.
1: <laughs> so, um, no, so I'm booked on to do the um, the Hoopla musical course, which I believe you've just done. Oh, I've just you. done that. That is yeah. amazing.
0: I'm so yes, excited. yes, yes, yes.
1: So I figured I'd do that and have some yes. musical experience behind me before I start doing Showstoppers workshops.
0: Shops. yeah actually that's that, where we went yeah, yeah. full circle yeah, yeah okay. no I, I think actually that's that's a sensible idea because mm. um i love the hoopla improvised musical course um but yes it, it's probably better to do that before you do uh showstoppers one because showstoppers it's at a very high level yes and um, i've just done a couple of singing and genre ones which were amazing but oh, it was yeah. like we said you know okay rogers and hammerstein What are the um, defining features of that? And we'd have a discussion of that. And then it's like, right,
1: go! You have to have that knowledge. So, yeah, I definitely have to um, reacquaint myself with all forms of musical styles and then try and figure out how to get something Hamilton in there.
0: Yes, yes. (laughs) Um, uh, Yeah, um, it's... um, I was talking about Hamilton with Ruth Pratt in last Don't I'm
1: such a big fan girl. in
0: last week's episode which came oh, out I can't <laughs> even. She's great. It was really good
1: I'm see uh, and this is the other thing. If I ever did a show still, was I'd have to really, really be calm. <laughs>
0: because I'm such
1: a big fangirl. Like I think if I ever met Dylan Emery I'd just fall down. <laughs> Don't know how I do it.
0: <laughs> they are
1: incredibly amazing talented people it just make me want to do yes, this Yes, they are.
0: They are. And their workshops are absolutely amazing. But, um, but also, um the uh, Maria, Peters and Phil Lunn, is it are they the ones that are running your improvised musical course? I will
1: that? have to double check.
0: Oh. Tell you what, what I'll do is I'll check Oh he's
1: gonna Google it. And
0: then I'll re retake that sentence. <laughs>
1: Well, that'd be really helpful, because otherwise it just makes me look under research and not like I'm a very dedicated and focused person who wears blinkers at all times and therefore can only remember what she's doing at this exact moment. It's
0: good to just, you know, focus on what you're doing in the moment. I mean, it's it's unusual for people to quiz you about things and then record the outcome and then put it on the internet. I mean, I imagine that's quite an unusual... (laughs) Maybe this happens to you a lot. Um,
1: Well, getting interviewed? No. Well, I was nervous earlier and I was told, uh, well, you know, it's an interview. They're going to talk to you and not quiz you yes that works
0: well I'm, I'm quite I'm quite I'm, I'm asking the hard questions I was nervous about um, you know because I thought well what happens if I've suddenly forgotten how to do this you know 30, 40 episodes in um, <laughs> maybe I've just maybe spontaneously
1: first, all forgotten maybe the
0: first 39 episodes were just lucky um, it says Phil on here and he's the only oh, person amazing. that's listed uh, he's the only person that's listed there I imagine there'll be somebody else as well but maybe it won't oh yes Plus an additional improv teacher. This isn't great radio, is it? <laughs> this is Stuart looking up the Hoopla website and then reading what's on the Hoopla website and then telling someone that's already signed up for the course what's going on. Except we don't actually know because the website <laughs> That's probably it. why
1: I didn't know. But do you know what, though? I mean, you say 30, 40 episodes in, you should know how it all goes. I used to present radio back in the day. When I was at uni, I did three years of uh, uni radio. All I right. presented several shows during that time so I'm into the hundreds of episodes. I've completely forgotten how to do it all <laughs> got a flaming clue? I won an award once you won an award oh, I did Uh, you on I radio? Was the best newcomer uh, wow. it was to be fair it was the uni radio awards yeah. um, but with uh, BBC Radio Cymru and I felt quite yes. proud of myself and my little BBC award cool pretending cool. it's the real BBC and not something that we've coerced them into signing
0: <laughs> coercion is still uh, it's, legitimate. it's legitimate no it's not if you not. coerce them <laughs> no <laughs> so what was your favourite uh, slot on the uh on the radio that you did?
1: Uh my baby was the unsigned metal show. The
0: unsigned metal show.
1: Which I presented. I uh, love the
0: idea of the unsigned metal show. I
1: did. Well it was metal and unsigned.
0: Alright, oh, um, let's
1: I see. I, I felt I was super cool. Um I played Iron Maiden at the start and end of every single <laughs> show for three years.
0: <laughs> but that is that is Because I'm kind, epic. Well yeah because that is the kind of I'm doing it uh that is the kind of um I don't know belief system that would appeal to a metal fan. You know, it's just like, you, there's kind of principles there. It's like, you know, we know where we are. Maiden, some other stuff, more Maiden.
1: Yes. Uh, we did have a couple of theme shows. There was like a Halloween show once. There was a concept album show. <laughs> right. Which I think, to be fair, I think we only played four songs on because concept songs are really, really long. Um, but it's okay because we only had three listeners and I think two of them were my sister and my nan.
0: It's <laughs> <laughs> nice that your nice family is supporting you.
1: <laughs> my sister do. to... Um, call in the
0: show i was just gonna say
1: so I, little, yeah, so I did a little shout out to it you couldn't hear because it uh we had to to such very strict rules you couldn't hear what the um the caller was saying so you had to do it during tracks and then just give them a shout out oh out right the air. what i loved is that it you can't have a ringing phone in the studio obviously sound recording yes so it was a light but someone had covered the light in like a blue gel Right. So it was like the TARDIS phone. It looked like the TARDIS <laughs> was coming
0: in. And again,
1: for three years, it was the coolest thing in the world to make that joke every single week. Because <laughs> I'm original like that.
0: Oh, I think, um, you know, you've got to, when you found something you enjoy doing, just keep on doing it. And eventually people will come around.
1: I really missed a trick at university, actually, because there was uh, an improv team there. Oh, right. Which was set up by a guy called, uh, i say his name wrong, he's going to send me a angry email, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> Case de freeze, Case de Fries? Anyway. um, Do
0: you want to to say a couple of versions and then I'll edit in the right one? I'll never find out. No, fair enough. I'd have
1: to call him and ask what his name (laughs) is. Which, after knowing him for six or seven years, might be a bit offensive.
0: Maybe through the medium of this podcast that uh, (laughs) he could... uh, You you couldn't ask him in person, but by broadcasting it to everybody.
1: uh, Yeah, well. So he's in a group called Stranger Things Have Happened in the Netherlands. Right, And... Class has ended.
0: (laughs) Um, is that the start of the second half of the play or something? Is that calling us back Maybe, in? is it...
1: What time is it? Is it maybe like...
0: 7.38, that well-known time for <laughs> plays to restart?
1: Yeah, I have no idea what that's about. <laughs> Five-minute call? Could be, could be. Yeah, maybe maybe it's like a quarter-two show. Maybe it's a 7.45 show.
0: Maybe. Is that normal time for shows to start?
1: When I'm in one, I'll let you know.
0: Yeah, <laughs> 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 um, Yes, this this you missed a trick at university
1: because um, case from Strange Things had happened came over to do his PhD and started an improvised society, improviser society at uh, Bangor University where I went, which I believe became known as Impsoc. And through there, like just the most amazing group of quick witted, funny people all came together uh, to create some marvelous, marvelous things. And I used to watch. I used to go to their gigs and watch them and think, I could never do that yeah i could have started so much earlier and i just i did it
0: <laughs> yeah no that, that, that thought has occurred to me you, yeah you see these people and you think wow they're really amazing and then you find out they've been doing it for 10 15 years or whatever it's like no wonder they're that good because i've had that much more practice
1: it's interesting like so i was listening to um the podcast you did with uh, chris meaden he said okay. he, was, he started in 2009 i think yeah well i graduated in 2010 had i done impsoc at bangor <laughs> and then left I could have started at the same time.
0: <laughs> just think
1: where I'd be today.
0: Well, he um he has the ability to travel through time. That's so, true. Uh, you know, it's uh he's
1: fantastic like that.
0: He is. <laughs> Mainly just that way. No, no other way. Just his ability to travel through time.
1: <laughs> and indefatigable. There's an energetic, bounty man.
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> energetic, bounty man, Chris Mead. I hope. I'm, <laughs> hoping, I'm hoping that name is going to catch on, much like the improv journeyman, Mark Tindall, but. Um... <laughs>
1: no but do you not think if yeah, you ever yeah, yeah. find a, a, a Chris Mead improviser they are they're also bouncy and energetic well yes
0: exactly yes yes uh, <laughs> um yes Chris Mead Hold on. I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. I think
1: what I'm trying to do here is I'm, I'm I'm so aware that I know nothing about improvisation at all that I'm thinking if I can just keep making Stuart laugh
0: <laughs> then I won't have to answer any more questions <laughs> Um, no, well, fair enough um,
1: <laughs> I'm new I'm so shiny new no, I have good. a world to explore It's good,
0: I, I like your enthusiasm That's a good thing We need, <laughs> we need enthusiastic people Because uh, it's awful when people Hate uh, um, life? If, yeah, that's yes. sad
1: Well, yeah,
0: I mean <laughs> When they hate improv as well
1: There are improvisers that hate improv?
0: Sometimes What have
1: they got to look for? I don't understand That makes me so sad
0: Well, you can have too much of a good thing Mm. (laughs) all right we know what I'm thinking of and I sort of don't really want to share this but now I don't want to share it I'm going to share it you have to much as I love the hoopla launch pads yeah and I think they're brilliant I think they're a really good idea Mm. sometimes towards the end I start to hate everything
1: Mm -hmm.
0: uh starting with improv and then everything and then I realize it's probably time to go home
1: do you think it's just seeing too many improvisers at once
0: I think you see, there's part of me that really loves it, and I love getting a 10-15 minute sample of every group, and then I just think, my head gets too full and I can't take any more in.
1: That is basically a catchphrase of mine, my head is too full. That's yeah. what most of my cartoons and my crayons and my purple sparkly notebook are about, the fact yeah, that my yeah. head just gets too full. I, I use this notebook as like a pensive.
0: all uh, right right, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: It's taking the images out of my head, putting them on paper, and then they don't have to be there anymore. Yes, that's true. And a I quite re- like improv because it gets me out of my head entirely, but probably don't absorb myself in it the same way and not being in London I do have about 50 miles worth of improv space so yes. I, I have to choose to be a participant in it now
0: yes no I think it's great I mean uh, it's almost an embarrassment of riches in that I'm really glad that there is so much to do mm. and you could you know do a workshop or attend a show or anything every night so I'm not I'm happy about that I think that's a good thing I just I know I find that sometimes I need to have a balance. And I need to sometimes refuel myself, so I'm getting things that aren't improv.
1: Would it help you if there was maybe like a, a variety night? So if you had like sketches in between the improv, <coughs> or songs, I don't know. Yeah, poetry. Poetry
0: sounds haiku. nice. Haiku. They're short.
1: <laughs> we were so delighted with our, our choice of a bob today that there were sp- many spontaneous poem and haiku.
0: Wow. That sounds cool.
1: We've got some very talented people in Able.
0: <laughs> so uh, I just sent a
1: list of emoticons: going, yay, celebration, There's a balloon.
0: <laughs> Had it been hanging over you, the fact that you wouldn't know what your group was called, or did you really know what the group was called? And was
1: Perhaps the... we did. Perhaps we did already know. <laughs> I, uh, well, it, I think we learned a lot about each other. We're a, an overly democratic group.
0: Really? We're very,
1: very fair and balanced and humane people who want everyone to be heard to the point where we talk ourselves around in
0: Yes, it's hard to get anything done circles. if you do that. It's hard to get anything actually decided and done.
1: It's decided. We're a bob, yes, and we right. have an identity and we're fab
0: <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> I
1: had to just bring the, the attention back to me there because otherwise I was going to start interviewing you which is what my natural pattern is.
0: <laughs> back you've, I, you've got experience of this, you see.
1: Well, see, the, the very first people I interviewed, um, <laughs> I, was, I was in Edinburgh. I thought, uh, perhaps, oh, you know, even though I was definitely going to be an actor, I was never going to be an actor. I was never going to make it as an actor. I needed to do a proper sensible human job. So um, I was going to try and work in media.
0: Right. <laughs>
1: so I went to the Edinburgh Television Festival and were, I was doing loads of masterclasses and learning how to do it and uh, found myself presenting because, you know, that's the most grown-up you can get to acting without being an actor.
0: <laughs> and so my very
1: first interview was with uh, Four percent of Piano.
0: Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, while they
1: were still playing on Don uh, from Rush show.
0: Yes. Thank you for contextualising them. Yes, because I couldn't remember where I knew them from. By yes, it's John Ross.
1: Um, yes, and so I was sat on the sofa in their flat. All right. Interviewing them, but I was sat in the middle of all of them, so I was like surrounded <laughs> by them. And they were there again, super quick, funny men, and they were just going, joke, 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 <laughs> all sides to me. And I was like, there I am, maybe nineteen, twenty, going. Oh, lots of things are happening around me. <laughs> Try and get a question in. <laughs> That footage actually exists somewhere.
0: <laughs> so what was that? What was that broadcast on then? Is it? it
1: wasn't broadcast. It was a workshop with MTV. Oh right. It was taught by Laura Whitmore. Wow. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so is this when MTV was showing uh, music videos still, or did they stop by this point? This is actually. Whole... You no, know, I
1: don't know. I didn't have. I was. I was living in. Uh, Banger and terrestrial television had only just been turned off <laughs> or uh, analogue television I should say.
0: Um,
1: so we'd only just witnessed the birth mm-hmm. of uh, Digidol because I was in Wales and I only ever heard the adverts in Welsh. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: what was Digidol?
1: Digidol is uh, digital.
0: Oh, I see. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, so, yeah, no, we didn't have anything so fancy as MTV or Sky or anything
0: like that. <laughs>
1: I got to sit in the McTaggart lecture that year. It's fascinating. It was uh, James Murdoch. Oh, right. Yes. I mean, that's probably where the people watching really began. Like, What makes you tick? (laughs) What makes you function, James (laughs) Murdoch? Things I did not write down on my list of things to say or remember.
0: (laughs) Cool. Right. Okay. So uh, big, big final question. Yes. Big final question. Oh. What do you, what would you like... Uh, doing the, the, this is a gesture of doom. Um,
1: gesture of doom? It's like the gesture of the entire world!
0: This is a gesture of the rainbow gesture. Of oh, I love me. it. Um, conjuring up a rainbow for you to answer. Um,
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> I want to answer a rainbow. Ask me a rainbow. <laughs> um, I can sing a rainbow. <laughs>
0: Get, get thee to showstoppers right away um, yeah
1: yeah yeah with that with that beautiful singing
0: yeah,
1: <laughs> sign me up to more Italian pop bands where are they
0: <laughs> um yes what would you like the future to hold for you and for improv and if all things that you dreamed of came to pass wow. what would your dreams be okay see why did the
1: yes rainbow gesture. the rainbow gesture of everything all yes. in the world I'm doing it yes. too now we're both like just gesturing wildly <laughs> On the the National Theatre. Somehow it
0: seems the right place to do it. <laughs> why, no one's why? looking at us as scarce, although that's possibly because we're the only people here. Because it does you're not the first person that's almost got rained on it might while rain. doing one of these podcasts. It might it? well
1: rain. Okay, so in the rainbow of the universe and everything, yes. what do I want in life and what do I want for improv? I want more characters, I want to be the one that brings more characters yes. here. I would like I mean general goal in life is just to be playing all the time for money essentially i would like just my entire world to be improv and acting and messing around with singing and you never know maybe i'll sell a crayon drawing one day when i'm really famous and there are sad people who want to collect stuff i've done i don't know (laughs) um also secretly i would really love to be on neighbors it's it's, that's a secret Uh, in no way because i tell everyone (laughs) taya mccloud if you're listening you really need to cast me i'm great yeah, I even know the casting director on Neighbours. No,
0: that's good, that's good. <laughs> so, why um, Neighbours? Why why Neighbours why, why neighbors are not home and away, for
1: example? I've been watching Neighbours pretty much since the day of my birth. Right, fair uh, I was born just after Kylie and Jason got married. Ah, yes. Um, in but Villa. before
0: Bouncer's Dream. Mm.
1: Yes. Which I have actually now seen. <laughs> um, 30th anniversary, had some great, like, Flashbacky moments. <laughs> um, Home and Away does have the superior soundtrack. It's right. true; they've got a better theme tune. Yeah. So what I used to do back when it was on BBC was, you'd watch Neighbours and then the start of Home and Away, and then turn it off immediately. Oh,
0: hardcore! Okay. I um I uh I always preferred Neighbours out of the two. I always preferred Neighbours, and there was a point at which I was watching it both when it was shown at one o'clock or whatever time it was in the afternoon and then then at the 5.30 showing. Uh, (laughs) And I did slightly question my life choices at that point. Uh,
1: (laughs) So when I was at university and there was the the change from terrestrial to digital... No, no, it was before that. It was when um, neighbours moved from Channel 1 to Channel 5. Well, we didn't get Channel 5 in Bangor at the time. Oh, no. No. So I was terrified that I was going to lose it for six months. I was there sort of... uh, finding alternative ways of watching it, and then found a massive archive of 90s stuff. So I've got to catch up on the whole Libby and Drew thing all over again. That was fabulous. (laughs) Um, As an adult, I've sort of arranged my working life around neighbours or my home life around neighbours. I made sure I had a a box that would record neighbours for when I was working in the city, and now I don't anymore. Um... I was, I was supply teaching for a bit, yeah. so that I would get home in time for Neighbours. I now work from home, so lunchtime is Neighbours.
0: Living the dream. It,
1: oh, I can't even tell you. Of, of all the um, real world lives I could be living if I'm not going to be an actor full-time, this is the one.
0: It's brilliant. I sit
1: in my study, I type away on my computer, I watch Neighbours, type away some It's great.
0: Brilliant. <laughs> yeah.
1: There's nothing you can do. Like, oh, great!
0: That, that 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 was a big finish. <laughs> that was that was a kind of big finish that I'm normally trying to steer people towards, and it was just you're living the dream.
1: I am living the dream. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you for having me Sorry. and for talking nonsense with me for an <laughs> <now>. hour. <laughs>
0: that was really good.
1: I made this. That's improv! (laughs)